Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. We are releasing this episode on the eve of the NBA Finals between the Warriors and the Raptors. And as has been our custom throughout the playoffs, it is time for more fantasy exit interviews for teams that have been eliminated. That puts the Milwaukee Bucks and the Portland Trailblazers in the spotlight on this episode. Steve Alexander is with me. And Steve, we will start with Milwaukee. Obviously, any Bucks talk has to begin with Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was the sixth overall player on a per-game basis this year, but... I think for me, Steve, he's going to be closer to 10th than 5th on my draft board because I think there's a real chance he misses more than 10 games next season. That's how many he missed this past season. Um, My thinking is the guy who knocked him out of the playoffs, Kawhi Leonard, missed 22 games. And based on the results, it was the right thing to do. You have to think Giannis noticed that. Are you worried about that factor? And would you agree about having Giannis closer to 10th than the top of your draft board? Well, the thing about Giannis is... is I, like he's one of my favorite players. He's one of my favorite fantasy players. His fantasy numbers weren't quite as good as as we may have thought they were going to be going in. And the other thing that makes me nervous about Giannis is I think the Bucks learned in these playoffs that one man wrecking crew Giannis may not be the way to get to the finals or win the whole thing. So I think we're going to be looking at more more. Uh, teammate involvement this year maybe than or next year than maybe there was this year so you know the lack of three pointers is also still Mm -hmm. there so I I think 10 uh, 10 sounds fine for Giannis I still think if he's there at six I'm probably gonna take him but realistically I think he's gonna be overdrafted a little bit yeah I mean I get it if anyone wants to take him that early. I, I'm just worried. I'm worried about the Kawhi factor league-wide, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I've said that before. I'm worried about big names sitting out more games than ever during the upcoming season. But we'll find out. The other downside for Giannis fantasy-wise is 73% from the free throw line and 3.7 turnovers. And as you said, just 0.73s. I mean, he certainly could imp- improve his three-pointers. I think he needs to for the Bucks to take the next step because that was a factor. You know, hit him where he could score on the floor was was a factor in that series with Toronto, the way Toronto was playing defense. Anyways, I don't think I'll end up with him. I get it if you want to, so it's fine if you disagree. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, meanwhile, was pretty useful during the regular season, top 50 season in nine category leagues. But if you look more closely, there may be signs that he's declining. His points dropped from 17.8 in 2017-18 to 15.9 that's almost two points per game drop steals went down from 2.0 to 1.5 he shot just 33 percent on threes this year and 75 from the line uh, notably worse in both areas there he was also awful against the raptors for whatever that's worth 10.2 points per game on 29.4 percent shooting he turns 30 in december and i think all things considered i'm staying away in fantasy which is to say i, I don't think i'm paying a top 50 price tag do you feel the same way yeah, and Malcolm Brogdon was hurt for a lot of the year. George Hill played really well in the playoffs. 
uh, Pat Connaughton's coming on. There's lots of things happening that, for me, Bledsoe, Bledsoe's like first half of the season, it seemed like he was killing it. It seemed like everything calmed down as the season wore on, and especially in the playoffs. Uh, and I just think Brogdon is is the future guard in that franchise, and, and Bledsoe is probably going to continue to tumble a little bit. I, I'm fine with drafting him, but I'm I'm going to be doing it much later than fifth round. Bledsoe, by the way, owed a ton of money now by Milwaukee, and I don't want to put too much weight on you know just one bad playoff series. But I add that in with, you know, some of those sort of small signs of potential decline this past season. And as he gets closer to 30, I'm worried. Um, we're now into the free agency portion of the Bucks. Chris Middleton headed for unrestricted free agency. Now, assuming he's back with the Bucks, I think it's worth noting that he had an okay fantasy season this year. This is a dude who could get a max contract, but he was number 63 overall in non-category leagues, according to Basketball Monster. He's good in points, rebounds, assists, and threes around 18 points, six boards, four assists, two threes, but he only averaged one steal a game this year, way down in that category, doesn't get blocks, and shot just 44% from the field, down from 47% the year before. Did you follow all that? Uh, I guess my point is, I I don't know. I'd take Middleton around the top 50, but I'm not expecting like a sudden return to his top 25 form that we saw uh, the year before this one. Yeah, I think it all depends on where he ends up, because if he ends up in the right situation, he's the alpha dog He's the man, and, and Giannis isn't there. I think Middleton, you know, becomes more like a top 30 guy. Uh, if he's back in a situation where it's a strong team with a strong nucleus and he's, you know, the second or third option, then he's more 50 or 60. So that that's where I'm at on Middleton. I, I think he was disappointing this year uh, just because we were expecting him to be more like he was the, the previous season, but... So much of the focus was on Giannis. It kind of left Middleton out there as more of a fancy role player than a, a stud. So I need to see where he ends up before I'm thinking about drafting him. Yeah, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be Milwaukee based on, you know, all, all, everything they're saying is that they are going to do everything they can to, to keep him. But yeah, we'll see. Either way, I think that the upside is seriously capped in Milwaukee. But you, you make a good point. If he goes somewhere else where he's closer to the top option, then I think his ceiling goes higher. Brooke Lopez, meanwhile, also a free agent. Uh, he had a top 30 fantasy season this year, or right around top 30. Sounds like he's a priority for the Bucks as well. Either way, I mean, so much of his value is tied up in threes. He hit 2.3 trays per game and blocks. He hit 2.2 of those. No matter where he is, I mean, I just think that's what he does now. And I still value him really high in fantasy, uh, even if he's for some reason not Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, if you love threes and blocks, he's your guy. If you love rebounds, he's probably not your guy. He's Correct. not a very good rebounder. Uh, scoring is kind of all over all over the place. Like, you never really know what you're going to get. It was kind of nice to see the Brook Lopez resurgence this year. Uh, but he's a guy, like, I I'm fine when Carl Anthony Towns and Jokic are off the board and, and I need a serviceable center. Uh, Brooke Lopez is going to be my guy, but I'm not going out of my way to, to find Brooke Lopez in fantasy. Well, I mean, there's two ways to look at it, right? You could look at it as he's sort of sneaky valuable and you might be able to get him outside of the top 30 and he'll provide you top 30 value. The other way to look at it is you could got you could have gotten him a lot later than that this year and, and then you don't want to pay up to get him next year. I don't think that made any sense. <laughs> uh, you know... I get the point, though. I mean, only 12 points and five rebounds, so he is limited. But, man, those threes and blocks are, are super valuable. 
Well, and he's still one of the weirdest, I mean, one of the most incredible things we've ever seen as far as changing your career trajectory with one category. I mean, the guy had attempted like 12 threes his first five years in the league or something, and now he's shooting hundreds and hundreds a year. It's just crazy. And deep ones, super deep ones. Uh all right, so you mentioned Malcolm Brogdon before. He's a restricted free agent. He landed one spot behind Middleton at 64th in nine category leagues, has better percentages than Middleton, slightly less counting stats across the board. It is worth noting for me that Brogdon's scoring average has gone up from 10.2 his first year to 13.0 to 15.6 this past season. So he may have a little more room to grow. He's not a guy we think of as like a, a high upside player, but I mean, it's possible if he stays with the Bucks, you know, he could get up into maybe the 17 points per game range, potentially. So I think he's potentially undervalued again. I mean, in fantasy, I'm, I'm again, I'm assuming the Bucks are going to keep him. But uh, yeah, I, I think he's intriguing. and He could be a guy who, who pays off, even though people are well aware of how good he is. Yeah, and he missed a bunch of games. And this goes back to your whole Kawhi Leonard ruining fantasy basketball with <laughs> all his games missed and still going to the finals strategy. Uh, Brogdon's a guy who could sit out a bunch of games next year. I also think he's still an up-and-coming player. I think if you take him around the sixth, seventh round, he's going to return value. You can maybe even get him later than that. But I I think Brogdon's an an up-and-coming player. I have a feeling the hype machine's going to kind of build on him as we approach October. Yeah, and I mean, there are definite downsides to Brogdon. I mean, he's not a big steals or assists guy. Most of his value is tied up in points, threes, and percentages. And, and I like him better in nine-category leagues, you know, since he doesn't turn the ball over. But yeah, he, he's more of a guy who, who doesn't kill you. But again, I do think he has a little more ceiling than, than we might think, given how his scoring average has risen every year. That is it for the Bucks for now. Now we move on to the Trailblazers, who are, of course, ousted by the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. The conversation starts with Damian Lillard. And in terms of fantasy, I don't know that there's a lot to say. He was 12th overall in nine category leagues this past year, 8th the year before that, and 16th the year before that. And I really don't think you can go wrong here toward the end of the first round, Steve. No, I don't think you can either. I, I'm surprised he wasn't higher than 12th, actually. It felt like he was more like between 8 and 10. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what's not to love about Damian Lillard? Yeah, I mean, the the only I – mean, when we look at his fantasy numbers, I mean, he shoots 44% and had nearly three turnovers a game. That's really the only negative aspects of his game. I mean, 26 points this past year, nearly seven assists, nearly five rebounds, 1.2 steals, 3.13s. He's not a guy who's going to, like, just – crush box scores on the level of of some of the other guys above him in the rankings and I do think if he's your best player you have a little bit of an uphill battle to win a fantasy title but uh yeah I mean you can't really argue with the consistency nope he's he's uh (laughs) that backcourt man him and him and CJ like it's it's super fun it's one of my favorite ones it got them pretty darn far this year considering they lost their big man with a broken leg and we'll talk about him in a second. But first, the guy you just mentioned, C.J. McCollum, in terms of fantasy, he was in the Middleton-Brogdon range this season at 60th overall. Now, I will say most of his value is tied up in points and threes and the fact that he doesn't turn the ball over. So I don't know. I mean, I think I'm more interested in him in real life than I am in fantasy. I think he's a fine fantasy pick you know, around the 60 mark. But given how easy it is to get points and threes, like I'm just not that jazzed about... Um, about McCollum 
you know, 21 points, four rebounds, three assists, 0.8 steals, 2.43. I mean, that's, that's good. It's fine. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's dangerously close to serviceable though. Yeah, he's he's on that he's on the serviceable stud bubble, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of, he could go either way, and it's that way every year. Uh, we love him at Roto World. Gallagher was was sort of like one of the first people on the CJ McCollum bandwagon ever, and he's always really good. He just hasn't transformed, you know, into that great level yet. I think in, in terms of fantasy, so I think he's on the bubble, man. I could see it going either way. I don't really want to. Uh, waste a fourth or fifth round pick on him. I want to let him, I want to try to scoop him up in the sixth or seventh. Uh, I think this will be the first year that he really may fall down to that level. I think in the past he's been, he's been kind of a fourth round guy. So I love CJ and I, I love his game and I, I still think we haven't seen the best that CJ McComb has to offer yet. Maybe, maybe that's true. I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's kind of leveled off, you know, the last, well, he's averaged right around 21 points three of the last four years. He's averaged between 2.3 and 2.5 threes the last four years. I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe he does have a, another uh, another level in terms of fantasy. Will the assists go back up? You know, he averaged only three per game this year. He averaged 4.3 a few years ago. So I'd like to see those go back up, but I'm not counting on it. And I'm rambling. But but you get the point. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not super eager to draft him just because... I feel like he's probably going to do the same thing. Yeah, I think, I, I, like I said, I'll let him fall further this year than I have in the past. All right. Now, Yusuf Nurkic obviously is a wildly intriguing case. He missed the last part of the season and the playoffs with that brutal leg injury that you mentioned. As of right now, we don't know when he'll be able to play, but a Portland Tribune story from March uh, suggests that he won't be able to run and land on it until around October. So that that's a worry because that's obviously around when the season starts. But man, let's just talk about how good Nurkic was. The number thirty-seven overall player on the Basketball Monster leaderboard, averaged around sixteen points, ten rebounds, three assists, a steal, and one point five blocks. He also had a pretty ridiculous greatest hits album this season. I mean, his best stat lines were just outrageous, including a game on New Year's Day where he had twenty-four points, twenty-three rebounds, seven assists, five steals, and five blocks. So. This is a guy, I mean, you just got to love in fantasy. He's only turning 25 this summer, so hopefully he bounces back. And I don't know, maybe the injury helps him be at a discount. You got to be worried about his workload this year. But where are you on Nurkic, Steve, coming to the season? Is he someone you uh, will be drafting, assuming you can get a discount because of the injury? Yeah, I mean, this whole October thing is pretty scary. I, I tend not to be that guy that drafts Boogie Cousins uh, and sits on him all season so I can get, you know, 35 games out of him at the end of the year. Uh, that's not not how I do it usually, although the people that did that with Boogie this year, I think it worked out for them. But, man, Nurkic was so fun. We have fun at Roto World with the whole Nurk alert thing. When he goes off, it is definitely a Nurk alert. It's fun. The line you mentioned was insane. He had a couple of those you know, this year. The crowd in Portland gets fired up about him. They love him. His teammates seem to love him. Uh, when he went down, it was pretty sad, and I think we all missed having Nurkic out there. So I'm thinking with the broken leg, if he's going to miss the beginning of the season for sure, maybe you can get him at like 50. And to me, that that's bargain time on Nurkic, assuming he, he'll be back uh, around Christmas, you know. 
Yeah, and I mean, we don't know as of now what time he's when he's going to be back. But if he's somehow falling to the 50 or 60 range, I, I would rather take a swing on him than, for example, McCollum, I think, just given the numbers that Nurkic provides are, are a lot harder to come by. And I'd rather have Nurkic than Brooke Lopez, I think, personally. It's uh, an intriguing one. I mean, Nurkic, yeah, Nurkic definitely, when healthy, yeah, I mean, you take, what was it, 16, 10, and 3, he doesn't hit threes like Brooke Lopez, but yeah, I, I buy that if they're both healthy. I don't know if you'd rather have 75 games of, I think I'd rather have 75 games of Brooke Lopez than 60 of Nurkic, though. Yeah, probably. But we shall see. Quickly on Portland, Al Farukamino and Mo Harkless both kind of had their moments in fantasy. Both were outside the top 100. Harkless wasn't really consistent or consistently at full strength. Aminu is a fine guy in a deeper league, I think, but otherwise can be pretty maddening. He's also a free agent, which opens up some intriguing possibilities. One guy who may benefit now, this is all hypothetical, is Zach Collins. Had his moments in the playoffs. Per 36 minutes this season, he averaged 13.6 points, 8.6 rebounds, 0.7 steals, 1.8 blocks, and 1.13. So I'm definitely watching what happens with Portland closely to see if Collins' role potentially could increase next year. Yeah. First of all, are there more serviceable NBA podcast-worthy guys than Aminu and Mo Harkless? I mean, <laughs> just as serviceable as they as, – as barely serviceable as they come. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, if, if, if they go, if Harkless goes and Zach Collins' role changes, uh, I'm super intrigued and looking at stealing Collins late in my draft – a little worried about Myers Leonard, but I think Collins proved he's the better player this year. You know, the return of Nurkic could hurt a little bit. There's still the Ennis Cancer thing hanging out there. But uh, Zach Collins did some pretty fun stuff in the playoffs and really grew up a lot this year. And I'm hoping uh, that he sees an increased role next year and, and he, he'd be a guy that we think about picking up in the 14th round of your draft. And I, for the record, am planning to treat that Myers Leonard thirty point game as a fluke until <laughs> until proven otherwise. Though that was pretty awesome. I thought for a second he was going to go for fifty when he had twenty five in the first half. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> well, that's about it for the big picture on the Bucks and the Blazers, the recently eliminated Bucks and Blazers. Steve, do you have any parting thoughts before we get out of here? You know, I I, I picked the Bucks to go to the finals, like a lot of people did, and. I really thought Giannis could put them on their back and do it, but it didn't happen. Uh, the Raptors are there. I think this is going to be a pretty quick uh, NBA Finals, unfortunately. Uh, it's all about the Warriors at this point. But anyway, I think that's that's all I've got. The Chris Farley thing that was on TV last night was amazing, by the way. If you get a chance to see that, uh, it was really good. Wait, uh, what was this? Do tell. It was Chris Farley, anything for a laugh. Oh, and it was a new two-hour documentary about Chris Farley. It had, like, John Goodman and Tom Arnold and, oh, wow. like, really every single person he ever worked with. Uh, had his college roommates and best friends from college telling really cool stories about uh, him doing stuff at Marquette. And it was it was just really sad and really awesome. That's awesome. Um, and the network, I don't know. A&E. Exactly. Was that an A&E show? That is an A&E show, which yeah. A&E, A&E is kind of taking over the world for me. They've got live PD, which is unbelievable, and there's just tons of stuff like this. So I'll check that out. I read the book, uh, The Chris Farley Show, which is also worth a read, kind of an oral history of Chris Farley's life. So that also is uh, pretty pretty uh, intense and worth reading. 
Excellent. I did not know this was going to turn into a Chris Farley tribute show, but I'm glad it did because he was awesome. No doubt. No doubt. I will go watch that. Uh, you will go read the book and we'll report back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's about it for us, everyone. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and take a moment to rate and review the show as well. Mike Gallagher is back this Friday with another episode, and we're here next Wednesday as well, probably with some more NBA mock draft talk. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the start of the NBA Finals. Steve, thank you for joining me. We will talk to you soon. Good night. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.